Hey everyone, this is Kendall from the Recording Lounge Podcast, and today I've got an episode all about amazing digital plugins. So it's 2020, and one of the hottest things in the plugin world is making recreations of classic audio gear. Preamps, EQs, compressors, tape machines, reverbs. These tools are all great, and we use them, and you'd be crazy to deny that plugins are getting better every single year, because they really are. And like many of you out there, I remember plugins from 15 years ago, and they were not great. However, during a time of obsession with analog gear and with vintage equipment, I think it's easy for us to forget some of the major innovations that have been made in the digital domain. I'm talking about plugins that exploit the complexity and power of a digital workstation and use it to their advantage. So today, I want to talk about some amazing digital plugins that really have nothing to do with analog emulation or sounding like classic gear. These are plugins that strive to achieve efficiency and high-quality results through complex processes. So let's get started. So number one is FabFilter Pro-Q3. No list about digital heavyweights in the plug-in world would really be complete without talking about FabFilter. To me, they kind of embody this entire concept, the entire concept of this episode, which is like a plug-in maker exploiting the strengths of digital and making new tools that are total workhorses. FabFilter Pro Q3 is arguably one of the most popular plugins in the world today, and for good reason. It has a neutral sound that's still pleasing, it's incredibly versatile, it's low CPU, low latency, it even has a zero latency mode, and it almost always gets the job done. It has a beautiful graphic user interface and is so intuitive to use, you barely have to crack open the manual. You can make up to 24 bands, all fully parametric, with options for different slopes, filter types, filter shapes, as well as each band has expansion and compression built in, so you can expand a band or compress a band automatically. In stereo instances of the plugin, each band can be selected for the left, right, mid, side, or full stereo operation. That makes it incredibly powerful for shaping and balancing sounds in the stereo field. It's got automatic gain scaling that compensates the output of your EQ with the EQ moves you've made. So to help you not get biased by a level change and saying, oh, this sounds better, but it's really just louder. It also has this crazy EQ match function that allows you to side chain in an external sound and it automatically analyzes and creates a complex EQ curve to try to match the input, which is wild. It's such a cool, such a cool feature if you haven't used it yet. I mean, it's really amazing. To be honest, I, I can't say enough good things about this plugin. I, I use it every single day and have a hard time imagining my life without it at this point. It, it makes my job easier and it sounds great and it just always works. Number two is Soothe by Oak Sound, and now Soothe 2. So this plugin has been around for a little while, but I've only had it for about six months. Personally, it's become one of my all-time favorites. Soothe is a dynamic resonance suppressor that identifies problematic resonances and automatically compensates for them by dipping bands of EQ dynamically. Now, I don't know if you're like me on this, but my ears seem to be really sensitive to harsh overtones and ringing up in the high mid region, like 
1K to 5K, like I'm really sensitive to that region and it drives me nuts when you hear harsh overtones on things like guitars, vocals, cymbals, stuff like that. In the past, we're talking, you know, five, six, seven years ago, I would use a plugin like Waves Q10 or even Pro-Q2, FabFilter Pro-Q2 or FabFilter Pro-Q or DMG Equality, any nice high quality EQ plugin that had lots of bands and lots of tiny uh, cues to automate narrow bands on and off when singers would hit harsh notes or when guitar players would have an overtone or when cymbals would ring a little too much. I would automate that stuff on and off. And that took a long time. Um, You'd have to go through each track essentially and listen for weird resonances and then turn on the band and turn it off and turn on the band and turn it off, you know, and and you'd have to do that for multiple frequencies because surprise notes change. (laughs) Uh, And so the harmonics change. Now, after that, after a couple years of doing that, I gravitated towards a plugin called Waves F6. On this, you could do narrow bands that were dynamic. Okay. Now, a little bit later, FabFilter came out with Pro-Q3, which had the ability to do dynamic bands. And that was a huge thing. That was like, oh my gosh, I can now do this dynamically. The problem is these dynamic EQs weren't necessarily intelligent, so to speak. Like you might end up adding six or seven bands from one to 10K and you make them dynamic. But again, it doesn't really track with the notes. It doesn't really track with changes. It's just a fixed frequency. And then there was Soothe. Okay, Soothe eliminates a lot of this process by automatically detecting these narrow resonances in a range that you define. By adjusting individual bands, you can make the processor more or less sensitive to certain regions. You can adjust the amount, the attack, the release, the cue, which is labeled sharpness, and the sensitivity. It also has oversampling features and parallel mix. This plugin has legitimately saved me 30 minutes or an hour per mix. For real. Like, I used to automate these bands manually, on and off, vocals, guitars, cymbals, and sometimes I would just, I'd just give up and I'd just pull out the prominent ones and just leave it because I got so sick of doing all that automation. Now, Soothe does this for me basically automatically. And I can put it on a track and within 30 seconds, it's done and it sounds great. I mean, you'll find it on my lead vocal tracks and my guitar tracks often. Uh, especially like cleaner or twangier guitars with single coil pickups through really chimey amps. Those can get really harsh sometimes, uh, but it sounds great, but there's just these resonances that poke through. You know, like anything, you can go too far with this processor, but for the most part, it sounds really transparent and a little goes a long way. Another really cool thing, a side note, uh, is that if you go to the Oak Sound website, that's O-E-K-S-O-U-N-D, and look up this plugin, there's a video that says uh, What's New in Soothe 2, and it features a song that I mixed for the band Lone Wild called Stranger Ways, and that was a total coincidence. Like, I'm not endorsed by this company, I have no ties with this company, I have no involvement in this plugin, I just happen to love the plugin, and a song that I mixed was on that video. So that's cool. Number three, Isotope RX. Isotope RX is arguably the industry standard for noise reduction, restoration, and repair. It comes in a standalone program, but it also comes with plugins. Simply put, 
there's just nothing on the market that really does what RX can do. It's truly mind-boggling, and I could probably have an entire show about all the features, but I'm going to list some of them just so you can get an idea of all that it can do. Voice denoising, spectral denoising, hum removal, click removal, crackle removal, clipping removal. Yes, I said that correctly, clipping removal. This module can actually remove and reconstruct clipped regions. Don't ask me how. I, I, it's mind-blowing. Breath removal, bleed removal, reverb reduction and removal, sibilance removal, plosive removal, mouth declicking, derustling, which is like the handling noise generated by a microphone, like a lav mic on your shirt, like that rustling sound, this. It can help get rid of that, which is wild. Wind removal, ambience matching, stereo imbalance correction, music rebalancing, meaning you can pull in a stereo mix and adjust like the vocal level. I, again, I, it's wild. EQ matching. And on top of all that, this, the, the standalone like program version can be used almost like Photoshop where you can manually go in and select parts of the spectrum and process any of these things with any of these processors in a lassoed selected region. Like, check out the video where they draw out the sound of a passing ambulance in a newscast. Like, that's insane. Now, I know some of you who have used this plugin might be saying, yeah, but it's not perfect. You know, it doesn't sound like totally transparent. I get that. Not every one of these modules is perfectly transparent and has, you know, they have artifacts. It's true. But in a pinch... There's almost nothing that can do this. And with each version of this suite, it gets better and better. Like, I've been using RX since, I believe, version 3. And I've noticed a significant improvement in the algorithm. They're getting more transparent, fewer artifacts. It's more user-friendly. It's less CPU-intensive. Uh, I mean, overall, it's just improved so much. And, like, it's absolutely insane some of the things that you can do with RX. Some of these things were just a pipe dream like 10 years ago. Like, oh, we could never do that. And now you can do them easily with RX. Like I said, I could do a whole episode about Isotope RX, talking about every feature, giving you examples. But suffice it to say, you probably need it or some version of it because it can do way more than you realize. And in a pinch, it can salvage audio like no other. So number four is the Sonox Oxford Limiter. Now, I could have probably picked almost any digital limiter in this category. FabFilter Pro-L, Slate FGX, Waves L3. Truth be told, intelligent brick wall limiters are a thing that can really only be done in digital. And one of the main reasons for this is because most of them employ a significant amount of look-ahead. A look-ahead is something that you'll find in a lot of these plugins that I'm mentioning today. That's because in the digital domain, a processor can look ahead at the upcoming signal and react in a manner that's more transparent and accurate. Analog cannot do this because, I mean, we'd be talking about time travel at that point, like to be able to look ahead at the signal coming in. But because in digital, we are, we've already recorded the sound, it can add a little bit of latency and look ahead at the upcoming signal and process it in its own way. That's one of the biggest strengths of digital plugins is that they have this ability. And that gives them kind of unprecedented versatility. 
Now, when it comes to digital limiters, it only really costs us a little bit of latency. Now, some of these plugins are pretty high CPU, but you know, you don't generally need a lot of them. Um, and with the mastering limiters like this, that sort of thing is essential to have that look ahead because it can detect true peak levels and inner sample peaks and make sure without any doubt that the signal will not go over a certain level. That's one of the reasons we call them a brick wall limiter because it's infinity to one. No matter how much goes over the threshold, it will not let anything more than one dB out. Now, usually these are compensated and so there's not actually one dB coming out. It's you set the ceiling that you want, like 0.0 and it doesn't let any peaks over that level, uh, which is pretty amazing. Not even a thousandth of a dB, right? Like nothing goes over that level. It's pretty wild. And we can do that because of digital. Now, one of the reasons I decided to talk about the Sonox limiter is not only because it has this process, but because it has this enhance section. This is magical. And many mastering engineers swear by its ability to increase loudness and excitement. According to the manual, the enhance process improves the perceived loudness and presence of the program material by modifying the dynamic and harmonic content of the signal. As a limiting action does not involve conventional sample value clipping, harsh distortions are avoided and the program detail and dynamic information is largely retained. Now, don't get me wrong. I think FabFilter Pro-L is also an amazing limiter. But it doesn't have this enhance function. And I know the enhance function is technically adding some harmonic content. And you could argue like, oh, well, isn't that like analog inspired? It's like, eh, yes and no. I mean, it's doing it in a very transparent way that's different from the way that analog does it, which is a little more nonlinear, unpredictable. Um, you know, like I said, any limiter uh, on this list, you know, could have gone in this spot. But truth be told... This entire show could be filled with FabFilter plugins, so I wanted to highlight some other companies and give them a fair shake. Most of us at some point or another will need to use a high-quality brick wall limiter for, for some process or another, and that's something that digital plugins do really well. With options like the Oxford Limiter, Pro-L, and others, it's hard to go wrong. Now, the next plugin is not as sexy as some of the others, but it absolutely deserves to be on this list. It's one of my favorite plugins, DMG Dualism. Now, DMG is a great company like FabFilter that exploits the versatility and complexity of digital processes. So definitely check out their plugins. DMG Dualism has a lot of options for stereo control, such as mid and side you know, controls, panning, stereo width, high pass filters, all that stuff. And in fact, DMG Dualism is touted as the Swiss army knife of stereo tools. And I don't necessarily agree with that. To me, its real strength is all of the metering options. I use this plugin all the time for metering frequency spectrum, you know, with the FFT, loudness, phase, the spectrograph. I mean, it has incredible graphics and tons of customization options to be able to see things how you need to see them accurately, consistently. You can take screenshots of the readouts right within the plugin. You can look at them on your full screen. You can maximize the plugin. Like this plugin is totally gorgeous and it acts as a full-on analysis tool for me. I've used it when troubleshooting gear. I've used it A-being mixes. I've used it to hunt down problems in the phase domain. I mean, it's just a great plugin overall. I use it a lot, especially when doing sort of final mix tweaks or mastering. It's just a super versatile plugin. Again, 
Not the sexiest of all processors, but an incredibly useful plugin, no less. If this were in the analog domain and you had to get like oscilloscopes and things like that, you'd be spending thousands and thousands of dollars to get the sort of scopes and meters that you'd need to show you this kind of information. And this plugin has all of it included within one plugin, and it's like 200 bucks. Okay, it's an amazing plugin. Now, these five plugins I've mentioned so far, I have a lot of experience with, and I use them a lot, but there are so many more I could list. So instead of going into as much detail, I'm just going to list some others that I really, really love. Now, let's just go ahead and get the FabFilter stuff out of the way because there are a ton of them, okay? FabFilter Pro G, arguably the best gate plugin on the market right now. FabFilter Pro C, one of the most versatile, tweakable, and transparent compressor plugins out there. Uh, FabFilter Pro MB, which is one of the best multiband dynamics processors that we have. Th I mean, this thing can do upward and downward compression and expansion with user-definable bands. It can do side-chaining, mid-side. I mean, a ton of things can be used in that. I mean, I use this plugin a lot, Pro MB. Probably use it on every mix at some point or another. It's arguably the best multiband plugin out there, in my opinion. FabFilter Saturn. Now, this is a saturation device, yes, but it's a multiband saturation device that just does things differently than other saturation plugins out there. It seems to combine like FabFilter's knowledge of the digital domain, but also the need for some saturation in like the perfect, you know, mixture that is like the beauty of digital and the beauty of analog in one. It's a really fantastic plugin. Now, let's move on to a couple other brands. FabFilter, you've had your time. I love you, but we got to talk about some other brands. Okay, uh, Waves Factory Track Spacer. Now, I don't personally own this plugin, but it definitely deserves to be on this list because it embodies the idea of what I'm talking about here. Track Spacer analyzes the sidechain input spectrum and creates an inverse dynamic EQ that seeks to create space and separation by automatically carving out fighting frequencies. This plugin has 32 bands and it does it automatically. I have a friend that uses this plugin religiously and swears that it makes his mixes more open and spacious no matter how many tracks he's got. Um, it seems like a really intriguing concept. Um, I haven't really messed with it that much, tried a demo of it. Uh, like I said, I don't own it, but I thought I would bring it up because it seems to be exactly the type of thing I'm talking about. Next plugin is Slate Trigger. Now, if any of you have been mixing for a while or recording, you've surely crossed paths with this plugin at some point. Slate Trigger is probably the most popular drum trigger or drum replacer software on the market. And yes, it has its quirks. Yes, it does need to be updated. But even still, it's an amazing plugin and I use it all the time. It's still maybe the most effective tool for triggering samples. Please send me your recommendations if there are others. I'd be curious to try them, but I mean, I use Trigger all the time. One of the most common ways that I use this is for triggering ambient samples. Like, I've never been a big fan of using reverb on direct kick and snare mics. It just doesn't really sound right to me. Now, I am a fan of adding reverb on room mics or on overheads, but depending on how the room mics were placed, depending on how the drummer played, how the room mic sounds, their overall balance, sometimes you run into issues with doing that. Like maybe there's too much cymbal in the room mic and it doesn't really accomplish what you need. But with Trigger and any drum replacer, I can send a kick drum 
into trigger and trigger samples of kick drums recorded in large rooms. Or I could trigger the sound of an 808 if I wanted to add more subby length to my kick drum. Or I could trigger the sound of a concert bass drum if I wanted a big boom. Uh, I mean, the same goes for snare. You could trigger claps or you could trigger other snare samples. You could trigger a snare recorded in a huge room. With anything, again, it's easy to overdo it. And I almost never am using these plugins to replace drum sounds. I think that that term like drum replacer, that sort of thing gets a bad rap. That's not necessarily what you can use this for. I mean, you can if you want to, but a lot of times that sounds pretty fake. The real strength, in my opinion, is using it to blend in parts of your drum sound that are missing. And you can do it in a controlled manner without having to, like I said, put reverb on your room mics, which might bring up a bunch of cymbal wash or whatever, depending on how the drummer played. Instead, you could trigger just additional tom hits or additional kick hits and even though again it's not perfect it's generally pretty phase accurate with the input signal you know it is dependent on the input signal so i find that sometimes you have to do a little bit of transient designing before you put trigger on it's a little tip for you if it doesn't seem to be triggering correctly, what I like to do is send my snare group or whatever to an effects bus, and then I'll put a transient designer on that effects bus and then trigger in the second slot. And I do that so I can sharpen up the input transient a little bit, make trigger uh, you know, a little bit more sensitive to that sort of thing. Now, Trigger does have like a gate and a high pass and low pass, which helps for sure. But sometimes, like, especially if you're using a fatter snare sound and your direct snare mic is not super transient heavy and you're actually using Trigger to get a more transient, like a more snappy snare, but the transient you have is kind of wimpy, it's not necessarily going to trigger well because the transient is wimpy. So you can use a transient designer before trigger to better trigger trigger, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm always trying to get my sounds as good as I can in the recording phase, of course. But sometimes you just need to trigger samples to get all the way there, to get the sound that you're wanting. And in a lot of modern genres, that's kind of the sound, you know? Like if a band is wanting to go for like the sound of Phoenix or the band coin like these bands use a lot of that sort of hybrid you know a little bit 8080 a little bit organic a little bit digital kind of hybrid drum sounds and that's cool so who cares you know like just do whatever it takes to get the sound and people have been triggering samples for a long time keep this in mind like this is not a new thing per se but slate trigger does it really really well now, we've got a couple of amazing plugins to talk about from Soundradix. These are plugins that I don't own but have used and am really impressed by. So the first one is Soundradix, and again, that's S-O-U-N-D-R-A-D-I-X. The first one is Soundradix Auto-Align. This plugin analyzes incoming audio and automatically time-aligns multi-miked recordings with sample accuracy. So say you've got two microphones on a guitar cabinet, you could put this into auto-align and it will analyze it and determine the best phase relationship between the two and do so with, you know, auto automatically aligning them. 
So this can drastically reduce comb filtering and phase cancellation that's super common and basically unavoidable in multi-mic setups. I know some people that use this plugin on every single drum mic in a drum recording. Now, I would make the argument that Part of that is problematic because you're getting your sounds based on what you're hearing. And as you're getting your sounds, you're not hearing them time aligned. And so sometimes that can come as a surprise when you put on the plugin and suddenly everything is more in phase. And while it might be better, it might be too different than what you're hearing. I, I hope that makes sense. Like, obviously, this is an amazing digital tool and I'm super impressed by it. And I have used it on guitar mics before with great results. But sometimes the results are so good the output is like, oh, that's very different than I thought it was originally. And sometimes the cancellations, like I'm saying all this to say, sometimes cancellations are not, like just because something is canceling does not mean that it's a bad cancellation. Often it is, often it kills your low end and makes it sound hollow and terrible. But sometimes it's just enough to create kind of a cool mid-range thing. Um, so don't assume that everything has to be auto-aligned necessarily, but if you are having issues, this plugin is pretty amazing at fixing them. Another Sound Radix plugin is the Surfer EQ. Uh, the Surfer EQ is a pitch tracking EQ that adjusts the bands to follow the changes in pitch of the input. Now that's a crazy concept to me. Um, Surfer EQ has seven bands that can automatically essentially create a more balanced spectrum because it's analyzing the incoming pitch and can move the EQ to kind of highlight it, you know, as it moves along. I can find this really useful when it comes to things like lead instruments, vocals, lead synths, things like that that move a lot in pitch. But, you know, sometimes you set up an EQ and you try to do it with multiband and it doesn't quite do it, doesn't quite do the thing you want. What you're really wanting it to do is track the fullness of the note along with it. You know what I mean? Like, like if a singer is a little bit thin and you boost some low end, it's like, well, that's great until they go up high and then they sound thin again. Now, you could automate that, but Surfer EQ does that kind of automatically for you. So one more amazing plugin from Sound Radix is the Drum Leveler. Now I actually demoed this plugin just recently and I was really impressed and we'll probably end up buying it. This plugin works kind of like Trigger or a drum replacer, but instead of replacing your drum hits with samples, it intelligently tracks their volumes and applies gain, uh, reduction or expansion or compression to help even out each beat. Without affecting bleed or the beats outside of the range that you define, so like ghost notes and stuff. Now, this is really unique because typically if we wanted to level out a drum performance, you know, like let's say your snare hits are not even, uh, you would have to do this with automation or heavy editing or saturation or compression to try to get a more even drum performance. But this plugin does it automatically and doesn't really have to use any of that. It could just use gain for certain ones, and others might need a little expansion, others might need a little compression, and it does it intelligently, and it's actually pretty impressive. It's kind of like the Waves Vocal Rider plugin, or, or the Bass Rider, whatever those ones they have, that automatically adjust for you know changes in pitch and volume and all this, except for drums and percussion, which is super cool. Uh, definitely check that one out, the Sound Radix Drum Leveler. Next one is Sound Theory Golfos, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Golfos? Golfos? 
<laughs> this is a plugin I have never used, but I was told about by a few friends when doing some research for this episode. From what I understand, this plugin is similar to Soothe or Trackspacer in that it's an intelligent EQ that listens to an incoming signal and makes automatic adjustments. However, I think this plugin, from what I understand, somehow adjusts for human auditory flaws, if that makes sense. Like According to the website, Goldfoss uses Sound Theory's computational auditory perception model to understand which audible elements are competing for attention. Goldfoss allows quick and precise fixes that would otherwise be unsolvable or would require significant time and experience to resolve. The equalizer is capable of changing its frequency response more than 300 times per second without introducing audible artifacts or degrading signal quality. Together with the highly advanced computational auditory perception model that has been developed by Sound Theory, Goldfoss is the first and only product of its kind. So this whole idea is really intriguing to me. The idea that it can actually compensate for the flaws in human hearing. I've yet to try out this plugin. I, I, I've heard some of the demos. It sounds pretty cool, but I really need to try it for myself. But it absolutely belongs on this list. It's taking these amazing, brilliant people's ideas and saying, how could we compensate for XYZ in the digital domain? Um, like, I'm fascinated by that. The idea of using EQ that is automatic and intelligent, I mean, up to 300 times per second to compensate for flaws in our hearing, which again, our hearing is not perfect. It, it definitely, you know, we have selective hearing We our ears have their own frequency response. We all hear things slightly differently, but like the idea that it could somehow compensate for things quickly and immediately when they pop out, I don't know. And again, you could make the argument with soothe and this plugin, a couple others that like, well, it might remove some of the excitement because it's like taming all the stuff. Right. And that's a good point. We don't want to get rid of, all the weird little idiosyncrasies of our music, but uh, definitely check out this plugin. Tell me what you think about it. I, I have some friends that really love this plugin, and I'm really curious to try it. Now, no list about digital plugins and digital technology would be complete without talking about pitch correction. Now, to some degree, I think most of us have a love-hate relationship with pitch correction and auto-tune and things like that. Now, in some cases, it can be a lifesaver. In others, it feels like it sucks all the life out. That's like the big irony of pitch correction, right? But nevertheless, Melodyne, Autotune, Wavestune, Vocaline, these are like insanely cool tools that solve things that we would never be able to do before. Things we never thought possible in the analog domain. Me personally, I love and use Melodyne. I use it all the time. I use it on basically almost every mix I do, and it's not without its flaws, but in general, it sounds transparent, it operates well, it gives me immense control over the notes that I fix and the notes I leave alone. It has things like amplitude modulation, and you can, of course, edit the audio and stretch it and make notes hold out a little longer or shorter, and you can line up backing vocals manually and things like that. But one of the craziest, coolest features about Melodyne Studio is that it has this harmonics tab and that allows you to turn various harmonics up and down. So you can enhance the fundamental tone or reduce harsh overtones. And it's beca because it's got a pitch tracking algorithm, like that's mostly what it is, it does this note by note, meaning the actual frequency of the harmonic is going to change because the notes change, right? 
So the way that it does this is almost like a combination of soothe and surfer EQ. It like tracks the pitch, but then allows you to pull down like some of the harsh harmonics in a vocalist. That's a really amazing tool. I find it to be really useful on singers that kind of have a weak low end. You can bump up the fundamental and give them a little more low end and it boosts up the fundamental of every note they sing. So that's kind of like the surfer EQ kind of thing. Anyway, Melodyne is incredible. Yes, Melodyne Studio is expensive. Yes, these plugins are, you know, they're kind of a blessing and a curse. But no doubt, they are a perfect example of the incredible, incredible versatility and complexity of digital. So I hope you enjoyed this list of some amazing digital plugins. Like I said, it's easy to forget how many digital tools we have out there when we're all kind of stuck in, you know, the obsession of emulating analog gear and preamps and compressors and all this. And while I do love the sound of analog gear, I have analog gear. I use a lot of UAD plugins. One of the things I love most about these sort of like digital plugins that, you know, exploit these digital strengths is that they actually save me a lot of time, right? And that's incredibly valuable to me. Like, yes, Analog gear saves me time too, but some of these plugins can save me not just like a few minutes, but like hours and hours of time by doing things automatically, intelligently, and doing things that I might have to do every single mix, like automating all those little EQ bands, Soothe doing that for me in a matter of seconds. I mean, that's crazy to me. And I love stuff like that. I'm always looking for tools that make my job easier, tools that allow me to accomplish things quickly and simply and, and beautifully and not have a sound. You know, there are, there are many times when you want things to control things and not have a sound. That's one of the biggest strengths of these digital plugins. Sometimes I think we forget that like, maybe we should let digital plugins be digital and analog gear be analog and just rejoice that they both have their strengths, you know, like be happy about those and exploit them. For example, like why would I ever want to buy an analog EQ that was like crazy, crazy clean? You know, it's like, I mean, maybe, but why not just use FabFilter, you know? Like, I think sometimes we get in these modes of like, oh, it has to be analog and therefore it's better. Or it has to be digital and therefore it's better. And it's just crazy. It's like, man, let's just celebrate what these things are good at and make my, I want my analog pieces to be vibey and rich and have harmonics and do the thing that they do. And I want my digital pieces to exploit all the strengths of digital, make my job faster, easier, make my workflow faster and easier. I mean, I, I think that's something that we need to embrace. So make sure to check out all these companies, see what their products do, how they can enhance your workflow and make your productions a lot more fun and cool. As always, make sure to check out our website, recordingloungepodcast.com, the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash recordinglounge. If you got any questions or show suggestions or topics that you would like me to cover, please send me an email, recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com. And I will talk to you guys next time. Have a great week.